Welcome to Supporting the Spectrum, the Thompson Center's podcast series on all things autism. We aim to bring you the most up-to-date information on autism research, services, and supports. I'm Gina Randolph, faculty in the Special Education Department at the University of Missouri and part of the Training and Education Division at the Thompson Center. We're here today to dig into a couple of questions related to the COVID-19 vaccine. First, is it safe for me to give a vaccine to my child with autism? And then second, if I choose to do so, how can I support my child to receive that vaccination? Here with me to share our expertise is Dr. Benjamin Blatt, Director of Medical Services and an Assistant Professor of Clinical Child Health, and Brittany Schmitz, a board-certified behavior analyst. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. My pleasure. FDA emergency approval is in place for the COVID-19 vaccine for anyone 12 and over, and is expected for youth ages 5 to 11 any day now. And likely, before this podcast even gets released, that approval will be given. So to start us off, Dr. Black, can you talk about what we know and what we don't know about the COVID vaccines? Yeah, absolutely. So specific to the COVID vaccines, we know that they are effective and that they are safe. A few concerns I've heard people mention is the speed at which the vaccines were developed and the use of the mRNA technology. A couple of comments to help alleviate some of those concerns. mRNA technology specifically is is a technology that's been in development for decades now, and they were going to be coming to vaccines at some point. And COVID-19 presented a great opportunity to make use of this exciting new technology in, in vaccines. And the speed at which the vaccines were developed was really out of necessity because of the severity of the pandemic and its impact on society and individuals. And fortunately, we were able to do lots of very large studies in a very short amount of time, um, which met the needs of scientific rigor and helped us prove that these vaccines are safe and effective. So in taking what we already know about the vaccines, are there other considerations that families of children with autism should be thinking about? Some of the the ways that I've been talking about this with patients and families that I work with is that the COVID-19 pandemic has really turned people's world upside down. And many of our patients and families have had significant disruptions in their care and their therapies. Having higher vaccination rates in our communities help to bring the COVID-19 infections down, allowing our patients to quote unquote, get back to normal and resume their previous supports and therapies. Certainly, we know that you can still get COVID-19 after being vaccinated, but the chances of catching it are much lower and the severity of the disease is also much lower. I really appreciate all of that knowledge and understanding. I think that there is still this thread of concern that carries over to exposing a child with autism to the COVID vaccine because there's still a lot of misinformation out there just about our standard set of childhood vaccines and that myth that they cause autism. Can you share a little bit about where this misinformation originated and what we know about vaccines and the cause of autism in general? Absolutely. Unfortunately, there does continue to be a perpetuation of this myth that vaccines somehow cause autism. The origins of this are a very small study that was done in 1998. There were only 12 patients in this initial study that described some concerns in specific patients after they received the MMR vaccine. The study was subsequently retracted, and that paper is no longer part of the scientific record because it was found to be based on scientific misconduct. And in that case, the studies were deemed fraudulent and the data was misrepresented. Fortunately, since that time, there have been several very large studies that have shown unequivocally that vaccines do not cause autism. 
One study included over 530,000 children, and that showed no association between vaccine status and autism. So on the one hand, we have studies that it contained more than a half a million kids that showed no correlation. And we have this one small study of 12 patients that described some concern of a potential correlation. And so the evidence is clearly on the side of, of vaccines do not cause autism. Unfortunately, this continues to be put forward as a reason to avoid vaccinations. And as we all know, autism and its causes are complex and not well understood. And therefore, any simple explanation that we can, we feel like we have some control over is very attractive. And, and you can't fault families. They're presented with this information that maybe there's this correlation between something that we have some control over and their child potentially having autism. Parents love their children. If there's anything that they can do to prevent harm to their child, of course, that's what they're going to choose. But of course, now we have facts that show us that there's not that connection between vaccines and autism. And we know that autism is a complex condition. And just as there is no single treatment plan that works for all patients, there is no single cause that we can pinpoint, including vaccines. Thank you so much for that explanation. It's so understandable. It makes sense if you hear this myth or misinformation that's out there that's being perpetuated. The timing of it often matches up. You know, when a, a caregiver is first kind of seeing those those signs that something might be a little different, happens to time out with right when those vaccinations are given. So it does make sense, and it's so important to understand because the safety that vaccinations provide is just essential not only to overall health of the individual but also, of course, to the health of the community. So hopefully, this has helped answer some questions and alleviate some fears over vaccinations. But now I do want to turn to kind of the next step of this, because no one likes getting a shot. And this can especially be difficult for someone on the spectrum. So Brittany, can you please share with us some strategies to use that can make things run smoother should a family choose to vaccinate their child? Yeah, so one of the biggest things is creating some sense of predictability of what's going to happen at that appointment and exposing them to as many factors of that appointment ahead of time as you can so you can practice all of those steps, get them more familiar with it, get them comfortable with the process. So some of this can look different depending on your specific kid, but some ideas could be creating a social story that goes through and talks about all of those steps of the appointment, helps them visualize what they're going to encounter in that appointment. You could also have just visual supports as far as like first doctor, then maybe they're going to go get an ice cream or go to the park and play or set up some kind of reward system. So it's not just, oh, you're going to go to this scary doctor's appointment and then I'm going to send you right back to school, like build in some time for them to access some kind of reward at the end of that. I rewarded myself with a coffee. Exactly. <laughs> Always. Coffee's a great one. This may be kind of a silly question, but is there a way to walk through or practice what's going to happen at the appointment? Yeah, definitely. So typically at an appointment for a vaccination, you're going to have to tolerate your sleeve being rolled up. You're going to have to have an alcohol swab being rubbed on your arm. And then you have the scariest part, which is the needle. We've had clients who have practiced this with blunt tip syringes. You can get them off of Amazon. They look very realistic. They come in different sizes. And this is a good way to expose your child to what a needle is going to look like in smaller doses. 
So you may start with putting the needle on the table with your child sitting like five feet away from it, if you know, just kind of depending on their fear level um, or their comfort level with that particular step, and just slowly build up to like getting closer and closer to the needle slowly work on them tolerating their their sleep being rolled up and then getting a reward for that and just kind of building in those steps before they go to the appointment and practicing them just in their regular routine in small bits and providing rewards for those. So thinking about those same needs, do you have any tips for the healthcare providers who will be the ones administering? Yeah, I think it would be super helpful if parents ahead of time, if they can call their medical providers and just let them know the needs of their child so that maybe they can block off a little bit of extra time. It's not going to be you walk in, you give them the shot, and you're all done. Um, You may need 10, 15 minutes to let the child get acclimated to the room, spend a little bit of time talking to them, building some kind of rapport to help make them more comfortable. They may also need access to comfort items, lots of kids like iPads or blankets or fidget toys, things like that. So giving them a little bit of extra time to to get comfortable in that setting and then allowing time to build in for breaks. Like maybe you get their sleeve rolled up and they need 30 seconds to just take a breather. Then you have to do the alcohol swap, give them another 30 seconds. So I think the biggest thing is just building in extra time and parents advocating that they need that extra time at the appointment. Wonderful. All great tips. Predictability, building in practice, making sure that they have comfort and and time, maybe distracted with some Mm -hmm. of those comfort items. Um, That's probably not a terrible thing. And then at the end, reward. Mm -hmm. Those are great tips and strategies. Thank you both for being on today. Of course. Thank you.